Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Um, and we're going we're gonna to read this passage of Scripture together. And this is where we're going to stay the whole time tonight. So I hope you like the Bible. If you came tonight and you don't, we love you. All right, it says this. Since then that we know what the fear of the Lord is, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and our hope is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And, we, and he died for all that those, page turn, who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And we'll stop there. Uh, the title of my message tonight is How to Live an Impactful Life. And I think, I mean, this matters because I think no one here wants to waste their life. No one, I, I've never met someone yet. I've, I've met people who don't know what to do with their life or don't have an idea of what to do next. But I've never met someone who goes, you know what, I want to pretty much waste 46,000, no, 86,000 seconds every day for the rest of my life and look back and go, I've got nothing to show for my every breath I've ever taken. I've never met anyone like that. I think deep down, each and every one of us wants to have an impact, wants to at least know that even, even at least in our family, at least with my parents or with my siblings or eventually with my spouse and my children or maybe even my extended family, I, my life mattered for something. I, I moved someone forward in, in, in some way or I helped someone or I, I, I left some form of legacy. I've never met someone who's gone, nah, I don't, I don't care what my life looks like. I've never met someone who's gone, nah, it doesn't matter how I live. They might not agree necessarily on what we, what we might say is a good way to live, but they, I, I've still met people who don't believe anything in God and yet they want to have good morals. 
Yeah, they want to have principles that they live by. Yeah, they want to have... And the only difference is we, we base our morals and our principles on a higher, higher power, as it were, on an arbitrator who stands outside of reality, who is the prime mover, the, the God who is sovereign over all things, whereas they place their morals or their principles based on what culture says might be relevant or dictate what is significant for them. Okay, that's pretty much the only difference because you can get two people who believe the same things, but one recognizes that that comes from a sovereign God and the other recognizes that that might just be wisdom passed down through the ages. Okay, so what what I want to speak tonight can really make a difference in your life. The question all of us have to answer is if God's real, what do I do about that? Because that changes the game. Like if God's actually real and you wake up with that understanding tomorrow morning as you go to school, as you go to work, as you go to university, if God's real, it changes everything. That changes the way I treat myself when I look in the mirror and go, man, I like that guy. Or if some of you are not like me, I don't like that person. It changes the way I interact with the barista who makes my coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I've, I heard most of you are addicted to it. So, <laughs> I, I can't relate on that front. It, it, it changes the way I, I work in my workspace, in my workplace. It, it changes the way I represent if particularly if not only if God's real, because my behavior now matters, but also if I claim to be a follower of this God, that changes things at a whole nother level because now not only do I, not only is God real and my actions matter, but my actions matter not just for my own sake, but now as a representation of the God that I claim to believe in sake. We want to live a life that has an impact and the best impact we can have is one where we are living for God. One where we are saying, you know what, God, every part of my life is yours. The greatest thing we can do is give ourselves to the cause of Jesus Christ and play our part in what God's doing in the world around us. You know, I believe tonight God wants to qualify people to play their part in His plan. Because I believe a bunch of us here uh, have been disqualified by our own thinking or by our own choices. We've aligned ourselves with with wrong things that have, in our own minds, disqualified us from the things that God would have us play a part in. And so tonight, I hope you're with me. It's gonna be fun. Let's pray. Father God, you've been at work since the beginning. You have a plan that that stretches into eternity past and will stretch into eternity future. And God, in this moment right now, I get to play my part and help somebody else here tonight, God, maybe watching online or sitting in the room in front of me. But God, I pray that they wouldn't just hear my words, they'd hear your words. It's a call to participate. It's a call to play their part. And I implore them, like Paul said in that scripture that we've already read, would you be reconciled to Christ? Would you be reconciled to God? We pray all this in the name of Jesus. And everyone who agreed said? We're in the theme ripple effect. It's the idea that, if we do something that has an ongoing impact. It's this idea that, you know, you can have an action and there are consequent reactions going on and on and on. Um, and, and like a ripple increasing outward more and more, our, 
our lives can have an impact through the way that we have our relationships, which we looked at in September, and through the way that we serve those around us, which we're looking at in the month of October, okay? In an ever-expanding type of way, your life, you might see it as just, I don't, the word insignificant is not the right word, but you might just see your deeds as small deeds, but it's the small things that often have the greatest impact in people's lives. It's the small things that often have the ever-increasing, ever-expanding type of impact in someone's world. Um, You need to understand tonight that we are the church. Not the building, although the building's great, the roof is awesome, thank you, Jesus. But we are the church. We are the people of God. We are the gathering of those chosen by God, set apart for His purposes, okay? And what's what's important about this is that... um, we're not joining an organization that uh, some guy sat down and went, you know what, it'd be really, really good if we got a whole bunch of different people who have a whole bunch of different life experiences and really have not much in common, but we'll just put them all together and they should work together to, to bring about the, the will of God on the earth. That's, it's not a man-made idea. This was God's idea. What you're sitting in right now, what you're participating in here tonight is what God had foreordained before the foundation of the world. It looks different to different times in history, but we're representing right now what Jesus had in mind when he said they'd gather under the name of Jesus. They would learn from the teachings of Scripture and they would glorify Him and then they'd go out from here and take that message to all the world. We're we're doing that right now. And the the encouraging part is it it existed long before we, we were around. And unless Jesus is coming back soon, which I really pray He does, my God, please come back soon. Um, then this will continue to go on after we're gone. But we get this moment right now to play our part. We get this moment right now to, to be in this space, not just the church, but to be the church in the world around us and represent the God that we know and love. The good news is because the, the, that God set this in motion and this is God's plan, He's the original initiator of all things. He's the prime mover, which means that he's like the guy who like pushed the first domino. And the ripple effect from that point, some, you can't really put a number on it without ostracizing some people. So at some point, God's flicked that first domino and we are now here in 2022 as the ripple effect of God's first movement. He set everything in motion. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he set that all up in motion. And he didn't just like flick the domino step back, but he has watched every single domino throughout history and watched it fall and watched it start. And, and he has seen it all moving in all its different parts and pieces and places and all the different people. And he has watched it, governed in it. He has orchestrated things. He has, even in the midst of great tragedy and great horror and great confusion, God has still been in the midst of everything. And here we are in 2022, 2022? It's been a couple of years, all right? Here we are in 2022, and we get to now play our part. We get to do our bit. We get to say, okay, God, what are you doing in this generation? God, what are you doing now in my friendship groups? What are you doing now in my family, my school, my university, my workplace? Wherever it is that you find yourself in a sphere of influence, because make no mistakes, you have influence. Wherever you find yourself, I remember being in grade 12, and they do like all these like, hey, shout out to the grade 12s who just finished like. You're you're done. You've just got external exams, and then I'll see you at Red Frogs. Is that what we're doing? Come on now. 
Anyway, I remember being in 12, grade 12, and um, they do these like motivational like days where they like just want to pump you up and tell you you're awesome. And I remember this one moment, the guy who was coming to speak, he pretty much just like really grabbed our attention through some means. And the line that I remember out of this moment was that even if you're the most introverted person in the room or in a space, you're influencing five other people. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Because like, I'm not an introvert. So like, clearly I'm influencing so many more people. <laughs> I was young and very vain. But anyway, the point is we all have influence. You could be the most like withdrawn, I just want to sit in the back corner, hope the preacher doesn't notice me, shout out Angelica in the back corner. Um, <laughs> And like, I just want, like, we see you, you slip in, you slip out, you're a little bit late to praise and worship, you're a little bit early to leave my message, but hey, you just, you needed to come, but you just didn't want to be seen. You have influence. You walk into a room and it changes things because you're there. All of us are in that space. We get to play our part in this moment in history and time. And what we do now matters for how that ripple effect will continue on into the future. The ripple effect that God started we get to play a part in. And, and that's nice to say, but I think it's worth demonstrating because oftentimes when we think of a ripple effect, we think in terms of like when you throw the rock into the pond and we see it happen. But I thought it'd be cool to demonstrate it in a more linear sense. So um, if like Tom and Tom, both are, so front row, second row, third row, can you all come up onto the stage? Chad, move, just come, come up. The whole row, just everyone. It's like, can we give them a round of applause? Come on, guys. Come on up. Come on, Kate. That's awesome. And the Rangies over there. Come, come on, the Rangies. Tom, you needed to bring the basketball. That was the... Jack, can you bring the basketball? Oh, yeah, awesome. All right, come. Just line up on stage in front of everyone here. Just shoulder to shoulder. Just come along, come along, come along, come along, come along. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that one. All right, come along, come along. That'll do, Jesse. That'll do. Right there. All right, shoulder to shoulder facing everyone out the front. You're looking good. Aren't you glad you wore shoes? There we go. All right, shoulder to shoulder. Okay, so this is like, this is a timeline. And what I want you to understand is that each different person here, different ages, different genders, different socioeconomic backgrounds, this represents, just for today's demonstration, generations, okay? And what God does, I'm not gonna play God. Mark, could you come play God? You'd make a great Jesus. Come on. Yeah, yeah, up here. Yeah, I'll allow it. I don't have a, I don't, yeah, I don't have a, go full Bethel. I didn't bring a snake this time either, so. All right, so you're just going to pass the basketball to the person next to you as God, okay, because you're like, you're, you're triggering this thing, okay, and you're, what I would love all of you guys to do is just pass the basketball to the next person. It's real, real simple, just like that, okay? Go. There we go. So this is, this is the work of God going through history, passing from one generation to the next generation. See, it went a little bit fast there, got a little slow there. One generation's like still trying to figure it out. There we go. And then we get to the end, okay? Like that, that's where we're praying Jesus come back, right? Now, let's, let's try this again. All right, can I squeeze in here? Is that all right? Hi, I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Dan. All right, so let's go again, okay? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Pass along, pass along, pass along. 1980, 1999, 2020, 2022, pass along. Okay, so listen now, pause, come back. Now, you go again, pass along. What happens if one generation's not there? Like, what, happen, what happens if, like, we miss this moment? This is the ripple effect, right? It's like, if we don't continue to play our part and stand in the gap and go, hey, a generation needs to carry on, we're one generation away from extinction. We're one generation where the ripple effect doesn't continue to go on into history, 2030, 2040, 2050, Chad looking good in 2060, you know, like, you, see, you know what I mean? Like, we could, we could miss this moment and... And its impact could be like, oh man, I missed it. Or you could realize, oh man, we missed it. Like generations missed it because we didn't play our part. Can we give these guys a round of applause? You can take that with you. We are one generation away from extinction. We need to play our part in the ongoing ripple effect that God started. We're, we're carrying the baton, as it were. We're carrying the presence of God. We're carrying the, the, the plan of God for rede- redeeming humanity back to Himself. We need to play our part. Tonight, I want to address some of the things that I've noticed in this passage of Scripture that I think can help us to get in the game, to get off the sideline, to overcome maybe in our lives, because I, I recognize in my own life that there are things that I've always held on to that have that not I've held on to, that I've had to face challenges of choosing one thing over the other. So you're ready for this? This is where you'd start taking notes. The first thing I, I notice in this passage of Scripture is that we have to, that the fear of God is greater than the fear of man. Verse 11 to verse 13, it says this, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others What we are is plain to God and I hope is also plain in your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. This is one that I've struggled with more than anything probably thus far in my life. And I don't say that as like a, it's an ongoing struggle, but more like this is like, man, this is the constant battle of our flesh, is that I've got to choose, do I fear God more than I choose to fear man, or do I fear man more than I choose to fear God? And if God's real, that changes everything. Yeah. But, I, but I really struggle with the fact that you're very real in front of me right now, and I can't see you. Like that scripture says, is like, we've got to wrestle with this idea of like, what's in the heart versus what's seen in front of me? What's, what's a greater reality in the supernatural realm versus the reality of like, you could laugh at me or I could be embarrassed, or what if I stuff up, or what if I make a mistake? What, what if I make a mistake? What if I get it wrong? What if I drop the ball? But can I tell you, we have a God who loves you, who has a plan and purpose for your life, who ordained you for this moment. He set you, he was thinking 2022, what do I need in 2022? I need an Amy. But I needed to be, in 2022, I needed to be about 21. Um, so she'll have to be born in 1990-something. I need a, I need a Jessie. 
I'm going to need him born in about 2013. Thanks for the nod, Carolina. <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm like doing the maths backwards from Benaiah, who's 2014. I'm like, okay, that's six months. Take care of the five. No. And I'm going to need him to be about nine. So, I'll, yep, okay. I'll, and I'll need, a, I'll need an Adam. And I don't know your age, so I'm not going to go there. But, you know, like, and he's, he hasn't just like ordained it like that. But, but today, you're here, on a, you're not here by accident. God has set all these things in motion and he's very real. And so what we need to wrestle with is, do I know this God in a way that I can continually to choose fearing him over fearing man? And in our day and age, this is more prevalent than ever with cancel culture and all those types of things that we've discussed in, in earlier series this year. Because we've got to stand out in a crowd and go, you know what? We don't have to jump up on a stage or a platform or a soapbox or something like that, but we do have to maybe cross the cubicle and talk to our co-worker, cross the study hall and talk to the fellow student, cross parliament. I just saw Luke there. <laughs> so, whatever your sphere of influence is, cross the job site, help the apprentice, cross the playground, talk to that other mum. And that's scary because that person is so real, that environment, so tangible, so tactile, so like, ah. Oh. But there is a greater reality and it's a God who loves you. And when you know this God, because what, what does Paul say? We, we are plain to God. We are plain in His sight. We, we, we know, we, what, is, what is, He knows us and we know Him and therefore we, we go, okay, I think we could do this. We live for an audience of one, not the approval of many. We live for the audience of one, not the approval of many. That's the first thing I notice in the scripture. It says if we're out of our minds, it's for God. And if we're in our right minds, it's for you. And what I get from that is that it doesn't have to make sense for you to be obedient. It doesn't have to make sense in your head for you to make a first move, to shake hands with someone, to be, just be a friend. Just smile maybe. Make that first step. The second thing I, we have to reckon, reconcile and have to deal with is the love of God is greater than the love of comfort. Verses 14 to 15, it says this, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We, we wrestle this tension of I have to versus I get to. Right. I have to is a burden. I have to pick up Tom to go to church today <laughs> so that he can do his learner's hours. Or I get to pick up Tom. Yes, he's got to do his learning hours, but do you know what Tom's doing? He's asking me questions about Jesus. He's asking me questions about what it means to be a good husband and father, and then I'd refer him to somebody else. But <laughs> the point is, I've now got 25 minutes where my whole mindset has shifted different, and you're the same. Oh, I have to go to work today. No, I get to walk into this workplace and be, I get to walk into this workplace and be the representation of Jesus Christ in this space. I, I, I'm compelled by the love of Christ. It's like this, this, oh, I, oh, I can't, oh, I've got to do it. You know, like those moments where you're just like, I'm freaking out, freaking out, freaking out, gonna jump. Yeah. And you do it. And it's, oh, it's not as bad as I thought out here. Right. 
I was sitting, uh, talking in the cafe to a couple of young adult leaders before, and one of them was saying, your com the interesting thing about your comfort zone is it only gets bigger as you step outside of it. That's what the love of Christ compels us to do, is that, oh, this is so big, this is lion, and I'm like, oh, this is my comfort zone, and then the moment I step out of it, you're like, oh, this is weird and uncomfortable, and oh, it's normal again, and now my comfort zone's a bit bigger. And then I've got to step out another arm and oh, okay, cool. And all of a sudden you realize you're two steps bigger capacity than where you were when you started. The love of God is greater than the love of comfort. And oh man, don't we love comfort. Can I tell you, this is harder being a follower of Jesus Christ 25 years plus than it is when you first started. Because when you first started, it's fresh, it's new. It's like, oh my gosh, Jesus saved my life. Oh, you're too good to me. The moment the Holy Spirit's in the room, you're like, <laughs> I've been following Jesus for 25 years. I can sit in the church service and just be like, the lights are good. I'm just being real with you sometimes. Like, I can sit in any church service and be like, musician's good. Atmosphere's great. I love what the guys are doing with the, the fog. It's like, or I can come with this sense of, I, can, I get to be in the house of God and I'm, I'll be the first on the floor, trust me. It's a shift of, I don't choose comfort, I choose the love of Christ. And I, I remind myself as often as I need to, Christ saved me, he, he changed my life, He saved my soul, He forgave my sins, He gave me purpose, He gave me hope. The third thing I recognize in this scripture is found in verses 16 to 17, it says this. For, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. The reconciliation of God is greater than the conditioning of culture. When we come to Christ, when we step into that space of, okay, God, you're, you're real and, and I've got to play my part, and, but I exist in this culture. But, and, and not only that, but I've got my own memories of my own failures and my own mistakes and my own stuff ups. And the, my, my mind's really good at reminding me of all the ways I'm a failure. I don't know about you, you're probably not as terrible as I am, but... I've got to look at myself sometimes and remind myself of all that God has done in me more than all the things that I have to show for the list of ways that I probably shouldn't be doing the things I'm doing. I've got to remind myself that in Christ, actually, I'm a completely new person. And I, although I carry the memories of past mistakes, I don't walk in that same identity anymore. I'm a new creation. I'm in Christ, like we'll read in a couple more verses, He became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God. I step into this, this space of, of grace where I, I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it in any way. I, I couldn't have done anything more or less. It, it's completely a gift free from God and I get to receive it. And once I receive it, I can step into that and go, okay, it doesn't make sense. But here I am, God, my life, yours, to be used however you want me to be used, to speak to that person, to be a friend to that person, to talk to that person. Okay, God, culture's yelling at me, telling me I should be this or I should be that or I should identify like this or I should identify like that. But actually, who do you say that I am, God? 
Now that I'm in you or I have the option of choosing to be in you on a night like this, what, who might you call me to be? Who might you say that I am? Can I tell you, you're loved, you're chosen, you're not a failure, not a mistake, you're not ugly, you're one of a kind. There will not ever be anyone like you in all of creation. Pastor Carolina said it this morning, you are completely unique in calling, in purpose, in DNA, in biology, in your everything, everything about your life is one of a kind. And in Christ, you get to experience the fullness of who God created you to be, which is greater than anything culture might say about you. We express this in such a significant way because when, we, when this gets a hold of our lives, we, we realize that God has done so much for us. He's made us a new creation. We demonstrate all that we have in Christ in the way that we serve and treat other people. There's two bodies of water in Israel. One is the Sea of Galilee and one is the Dead Sea. And the only difference is that one of them, is, one of them has an outlet and the other doesn't. The Dead Sea is dead because the Jordan River runs into it and nothing runs out of it. And therefore the alkaline level through the salt that accumulates over years and years makes nothing able to live in it. Whereas the Sea of Galilee has rivers that flow into it and it has rivers that flow out of it. If you're a believer in Jesus and you claim to follow Him, please hear me in this. You've got to give out of what you've received. You've got to express how God's changed your life in some way, shape or form. Otherwise, what's going to grow in you is what I'm going to term spiritual obesity. And eventually that'll kill you. Because you'll always be taking in and never giving out. But the moment you begin to give out, you not only receive life yourself, but those around you receive life. The world around you receives life. And the final observation I make from this passage of Scripture before we move into some ministry time tonight, is this, Jesus is greater than all. Verse 18 to 21 says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not, com not counting people's sin against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. There is nothing that you can do in your entire life that can be greater than what Christ did for you on the cross. There is nothing, no mistake, no accident, no thing done on purpose or thing done in ignorance that, that can separate you from what God accomplished in Christ Jesus on the cross and not only in His death, but also in His resurrection so that today you can be reconciled to God. Do you hear the language of Paul in this moment? He's like, we implore you, <laughs> please be reconciled to God. This is the greatest news of ever. The greatest thing you could ever do with your life is realize that God is real and it changes everything. And you live out of that revelation. You live out of that expression in such a way 
that the first person you meet walking, walking out of these doors tonight is, is like, have you, Jesus, he, he changed my life. And people will be like, whoa, weird. Until they need something of what you've got, something of hope, something of, of, of peace, something of, like we've got to, we've got to stop worried about being weird. We're, we're already weird. But we've got to carry the power of God with us. And the, the ministry and the, the ministry of reconciliation, which says, I see you. I know you're judging me right now because I'm a little erratic and that's just me. You might be way different in the way you approach strangers, but I found it's just better to get the weird out of the way straight off the bat. But it's something powerful when you can walk up to a complete stranger and you can go, I see you. Hey, I noticed you're walking with a limp. What's going on? And I hear your story. That's crazy. Hey, I believe in it. Like I was doing a triathlon in a week and I went to this guy who fixed my bike and I was, I was with him for like a good hour and a half while he'd made all these little adjustments. And the whole time he's got this like knee brace on. And I'm just about my normal business. But because God's real to me, because Jesus is greater than everything, at the end of that encounter, I'm like, hey man, like what happened to your knee? He told me how he'll never be able to ride again because he had this injury and then a reconstruction and all these like things happened. Man, that's terrible. That sucks. Hey, can I pray for you? Like I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor and I believe this and I believe God loves you. And I was like super subtle and chill. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. I'd go for it and pray for him. I'm like, how does that feel? At the end of it, he's like, man, you would not believe the heat that came off your hands when you prayed for me. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't always happen. You know, like I'm like, well, let me know how that's going. And if anything changes, I haven't heard from him anything, but I know I left a deposit in that moment because I'm representing Christ in darkness. I'm Christ's ambassador in the world around me. I'm walking into spheres of influence. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling the story to big note myself. I'm telling you this story so that you can recognize it can be in the most mundane, regular, everyday part of your world that you can step in, not with the, hey, have you met our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? But hey, what's your story? Hey, tell me about that. That looks like a weird thing on your elbow. Hey, tell me about that. Not, like, not make people feel uncomfortable, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, tell me about, man, you were just talking about your mum before. Tell me a bit about your mum. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.